In this episode, the two business guys mastermind on how to stretch yourself to the limit without breaking. We invite in founder and entrepreneur, Eric Davis. Enjoy. This business podcast, the two business guys mastermind uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. So hey everybody, welcome back. The two business guys are masterminding once again. And now you know we had a little bit of a break because we literally, John and I, were launching a product and we were trying to nurse that thing. And, you know, we've got some updates on that. But today we've got uh, a founder extraordinaire in the house, everybody. I think you're going to get some serious value from what you hear. Founder extraordinaire. Yeah, go ahead. Give yourself some depth. And that's Eric Davis. Eric Davis is involved in quite a few things. You know, we, in fact, have met and done some projects together. John and Eric do some projects together. And we really want to break out to you how busy entrepreneurs get it done. And if you can hear something today that helps you propel your business, make you more money, man, listen in. I think you're going to have a really good time. So Eric Davis, talk to us about all the stuff you have going on, man. It's not a brag, everybody. It's a blueprint. Trust me when I say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I... I mean, it's busy, right? And I'll be honest, most of the time, if I meet someone, you know, I just tell them the thing that they want to hear, right? But I'll give you the full spread today. So my name is Eric Davis. I have a strong background in technology. Um, I got my electrical engineering degree from Michigan Tech. And I just tell you that piece because it does loop into my story a bit. So uh, first is Empathy Tech. To technology consulting businesses for uh, small businesses and startups, really just helping with some of the important things like making sure their website is set up, uh, linking with Facebook, linking with Google Analytics, and making sure that they know how to use those tools more so than just trying to give them some big fancy website. Uh, the second one, which is really my baby right now, is Last Mile Cafe. So it's an e-commerce focused, convenience focused coffee business. Really what we do is try to get you the best cup of coffee wherever you are. Um, That one is so much fun. I really think that's gonna grow into something huge. Another one that I work with John on is is Mosaic Money. Um, We're really trying to build out an intentional way for people to support uh, BIPOC um, and businesses, owners of colors and really create like a bigger economy there to help those businesses grow. Um, In addition to that, I'm the president for Code for Good West Michigan. Uh, It's a nonprofit organization um, pretty much what we do is we get like, you know, some software developers, uh, coders from like bigger companies, and we get them to actually volunteer their time to local nonprofits to help them uh, with projects. So I could talk about that all day. I love it so much. And then um, I also do some part-time recruiting with Michigan Tech, trying to help uh, URM students. So they, could, they call them underrepresented minority students. Uh, just help them understand what the STEM field is really like, Um, help them find scholarships, summer programs, and things like that to see if engineering is going to be a good fit for them. And then also if Michigan Tech is going to be a good fit for them. And I think that's all. John, did you hear all of the things? And again, not bragging, but just saying, hey, uh, these are plates spinning, everybody. And you know, you know, if you are a reasonable entrepreneur out there, you've got about four or five things going. John, 
you've worked with Eric. You've known him for how long now? A couple of years now. So yeah, bright individual. I I remember Eric. One of the first conversations we had, you were trying to explain um, Equity Cafe to me, and I just remember thinking, I am not grasping this at all. It is just like this guy speaks a different language. He is so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made it simpler. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, I think Eric was a little bit ahead of his time. And don't you hate when that, you love it and you hate when that happens, right? Uh, something happened to me recently. Um, I was talking, doing some iron sharpening iron moments. Uh, and I was talking with a guy and he was saying, you know, what's really going right now is this area. And I was like, man, I, that sounds familiar to me. And it was something that I had started doing about two years ago, but it didn't catch on. Yeah. People were like, eh, right? I, you know, rock out a couple of websites, put out a couple of fillers. And it was like, and now it's the rage and I've lost my interest in it, right? It, it's like, oh my goodness gracious. What do you mean this is hot right now? Right? I mean, it doesn't take much when you're in the tech space. And Eric, you can probably attest to this. When you're in the tech space and you create something and it's like, John says, I, where is this guy? I don't know what that is. What is Equity Cafe? This is, and then the times catch up with that. And by that time, you've added so many other components. Your brain has gotten bigger and you're thinking at a different level. Do you circle back around or do you just go, let me just let this one, uh, this dog die? So I, I'm very intentional. And I think John knows this about me. Like I overthink everything. You probably noticed about me too, Randy, because we've sat there, you know, went back to back <laughs> a few I times, but, uh, spinning. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, absolutely. I circle back. Like, um, I was thinking of some of my conversations I have with my friends about my first project, we inspire. And, you know, he was like, Oh, you need to launch this. Like, this is exactly what people need right now. And I had to know my boundaries and say, I got a lot on my plate right now. I can't really bring that one back right now, but I know that I fully do intend to circle back around to it. But with Equity Cafe, and John is one of the people that helped me kind of figure this out was that um, it was too early, but I knew it was something that I wanted to do. And I waited and I intentionally like wrote out a five-year plan. So it wasn't like I just, it wasn't like I just was like, oh, I'll come back to it later. I was like, cool, this idea is an idea I'm passionate about. This is an idea that I think, you know, has trillion dollar potential and I want to come back to it, but the market isn't ready for it. Mm. So what I did was I was like, this is what I want to do for the next five years and then put it like way in the back burner, right? So we're talking like I would invest like an hour a month into it mm -hmm. just to make sure I kept my gear spinning on it. Um, but then the NFT piece came out, right? So mm -hmm. I was able to, I was able to adjust my plan. So right now for that five-year plan, we're in year three, but I was like, I was able to take a step back and be like, oh, well, the world got here quicker than I thought it was going to get here, but I'm not so egotistical that I'm going to like sit here and say, I'm going to do my five-year plan. So that's why we kind of pulled Last Mile Cafe. Like we just, we looked at the brand for Equity Cafe. We were like, this worked, this worked, this worked. We kind of put that together and then we rebranded it as Last Mile Cafe and we got it out in about three weeks. But it was because like I, it was all there, right? We were just waiting right, right. for it to be the right moment. That's the power. And as you guys are listening in, that's the power of working on a lot of things. And I kind of like what um, 
Edison needs to do, right? He'd have his warehouse full of things going on. He'd have people working on it. Now, this is John's piece, right? Hey, I'm going to bring on a COO. I'm going to bring on a, CO, a CEO. I'm going to bring on some partners over here. And he's got a warehouse, in essence, full of things working. And you'd be surprised at how you can take parts and pieces, talents and tools from one area, mix it in over here, and you can launch quicker. Right, and this is what we talk a lot about here um, as the two business guys mastermind on things. We come in and go, hey, can we get this out in three weeks? I mean, literally from ideation to revenue model, how we're gonna you know, do this, how we're going to get it out. And then can we do it in like three weeks? I like to try to get things out in a week, but that's because I have so many ideas and I wanna get them out there launched, right? Another plate spinning, <laughs> right? And and when I hear you say, hey, from a technology standpoint, this would go with that and allows you to launch faster. I think that's where the lesson is, is, is for that. And I did look at your website and I thought, you know, this is interesting, you know, and something that I came up with relative to crypto, right? This is the space we in. You had one section on there that talked about technology. I said, well, if I were coming in, doing some consulting on that and jazzing it up, I'd say crypto and coffee right? Hmm. Crypto, because see, John says, hmm, there's something about it that, okay, we're talking about crypto. We're talking about coffee. How are those two things coming together? And then in your about this narrative of, of space, how you now are bringing it in. I thought it was interesting how you're integrating that concept, right? Using, utilizing NFTs, which of course we know is, you know, a, a form of blockchain technology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Without getting too deep into it, people hear crypto and they go nuts because they're going, oh my God, I heard about that, right? And then crypto and coffee, it's like, wait a minute, how in the heck are you bringing those two things together? And that becomes the opportunity. So that's just so, something I had noticed on, on the website. Um, so when and we'll we go into the, that a little bit. Yeah, so when we did the Equity Cafe branding, crypto and coffee was one of the first things that we came up with, right? So this was three years ago now and people, and you know, kind of like having these conversations with John, they were like, wait, what is cryptocurrency? What is Bitcoin? Right. This is back when everybody thought Bitcoin was a scam. Now less people think that. Um, but the reason, like part of the rebrand to Last Mile was to keep it simple. And intentionally like for people like you, Randy, I get a lot of people or well, a few people that'll be like, oh, I saw the NFT piece. That's really cool, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not designed to pull all of the crypto people in. It's designed to be a little nugget for the people that know what it is to then reach out and dig deeper. And that's yeah. why like, it's just there, that simple sentence. And it's just me right now too. So uh, I do have two partners, uh, but they both have real jobs. So, <laughs> so um, the crypto and coffee thing does sound great, but that would be something I would want to roll out. You know, once we have a team that could really do it consistently and do it well, because I don't think it would be something we would just do once. I think it would be like a consistent piece of content moving into our brand. Sure, sure, sure. It's just from the, you know, exciting thing to talk about space, right? Yeah. And I saw the other one and it has alliteration and all that kind of stuff. And then you can go and talking about the uh, NFTs, just what you have there. It becomes such a jump off point. I thought it would be super interesting, even without a deep dive, but just something that goes over maybe into some articles or something like that. And that's also going to do a little bit for your keywords, right? You put a couple yeah, of the keywords in there 
that aren't that competitive or if people are looking a lot of them up, heck, you never know. Your coffee house comes up and it's like, oh my gosh, how did I rank for this to where my, my last mile cafe comes up and people are looking up crypto? You know, just one of those little hacks and little tips and tricks. That's a great point, Al. That's that's honestly super solid. So I was very concerned with like telling the story, but I, I love what you said just about like, I can still keep my landing page story simple. Oh yeah. And then on the technology page, I can keep that simple. But this is something I just picked up too recently. It's like, you're not just building an eight page website. I can have another page that might not be linked in the main header that does really dive into the crypto and coffee piece yeah. without confusing the main audience. So I do think that's a very good point. Yep, just some links, you know, and let's not even dive into how you can revenue those things out, how you can monetize those things, right? We love, that's what John and I, when we did a um, our last podcast, you know, about NFTs, we talked about how it integrates with your business, right? And crypto in your business, how do I put it? Um, how crypto can help you crush it in business or something like that, come up with the title. And then we talked a little bit about it didn't do too deep a dive, but we, and then I says, and one of us has a very profitable surprise. That was one of the subheads, John. One of us has a very profitable surprise because we both had Coinbase had put money in like years ago when Coinbase wasn't even known that much. And when, you know, one of us looked into their account, it was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's good money in here. The other one looked in and says, there's money in here. What? I think I put $10 in this thing. Yeah, Each one of us I, got a nice surprise. I checked mine again yesterday and it was up another uh, almost $500. See, investing in the right time. at the, You know, the dipping the toe in. We've talked about this, Eric. Do you find yourself in what you do, especially being in the tech space, when you hear something new, how do you stay focused on what you're doing but dip a toe into other areas just because you have an idea that this might be something like the like the you know non-fungible tokens, right? I mean, NFTs, somebody, what is that? Is that something you get? Is that something you got to take a pill for? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I think it's something you can you can look at it and play around with it, right? And you can see, and honestly, like Google, I mean, uh, YouTube in particular is great for this, right? Like, so for me, if I get super excited about something and I go to YouTube and there's like two videos about it, that's how I know I'm too early. I'm like, okay, nobody really knows what this is yet. Um, but there is a way to like just learn and digest without fully like dropping everything and kind of like ch chasing that shiny thing. So uh, similar to what it sounds like John might've done, like when I started to learn about crypto, it was super easy to just go and, you know, buy $10 here and buy $5 here just to, just to play with it, just like to actually learn and see how it works. And, you know, you don't have to do that with hours and hours of time or hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You can just go and play. Um, I have a lot of people who will text me and ask me about like, you know, cryptocurrency stuff. And usually I'll start talking to people. And if I can tell they're not getting it, then I'm like, cool, here's the easy way to start. Just go to Cash App, go to the little squiggly button. Yep. It's going to say stocks, press Bitcoin, buy $10. That's, that's exactly it. How I got like, it. don't sell it. Don't, don't do anything, right? Just if you want to start, that's the simple way to do it. And I think, you know, that's the same thing we're talking about with the technology. It's like, you don't have to pivot your whole life to do this. You can just 
try it and learn and pick up pieces as you go. So. Yeah, and it's easy, like you said, to get into the new shiny thing syndrome. I know I suffer from it, right? And I ask myself constantly, how can I build something out in a week? That's where the launch in a week perspective comes from. And then is there something that I can do to automate it quickly, right? Create it. And John, you've done that with bringing on COOs or bringing on other partners to help you do the rest of the stuff, right? Now that comes, of course, with its own inherent disappointments. So John, how do you, you know, build this thing out, bringing other people on, and then they don't have the same energy to drive the vision? And how do you keep the frustration level down? I know you want to go over and knock on some COO doors and go, you're not doing anything. What's happening? Well, I think in my, I mean, I've been doing this, this for, for a while, uh, back since 2011, partnering with individuals so i've had a little bit of time and and at times it can be frustrating i think the biggest thing is that everyone's on the same page and there's communication going on um we know our roles we know what we're supposed to do and we contribute in those ways um i think when i've experienced those frustrations it's, it's just as much as my fault that it is others because I am not um, contributing to, to making sure that the process is on a, a track where mm. there is communication and that we are flushing some of these things out and, and whatnot. So I think ultimately what, what it comes down to is communication. Communication is the biggest thing in anything that we do in life. Um, whether from, you know, my marriage uh, to my relationship with my children to to a relationship with your team members and setting expectations and um, key performance indicators and in what or whether or not I'm I'm educating mentoring um, business owners as well. I think the biggest thing is making sure that there is an expectation that there is a plan. Eric had mentioned, hey, I had a five-year plan mm -hmm. for this. That's fantastic. I bet you COVID destroyed your plan over the last year, but I'm glad you had it because you're able, so you have it, you're able to pivot from that. You're able mm -hmm. to do other things. And it teaches you how the ebbs and flow of economics work. And, you know, we haven't seen anything like a hundred years in this, but you needed to have a baseline to start from. We all need a baseline. And it's communication from that baseline and going back and understanding, hey, what is it that I'm strong with? And in me personally, I'm an idea person and I could I can put things down mm -hmm. and have the vision for it, but I'm not necessarily the person that is good at executing everything. Eric knows uh, around Christmas time, I gave him a website that he's like, whoa, what is this? I mean, <laughs> he, he's a tech genius and he's like, what is going on here? I'm, I'm just putting my thoughts down here on this on this paper, you know? Uh, Stop that, John. <laughs> but, uh, and, and you know the same way too. I can gather information and process it and know how 
to format it and do different things, but the actual taking of that information sure. and putting where it needs to go. You've seen this as well when in, in producing our newsletter, um, I'm just like, here, I'm getting, I got all this information. I had all of this work done. Now I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> and I get it and I go, what, what is this? What is this spaghetti? I'm so not going to say have, what, I, what I say at first, but. We, we have to understand yeah, the strengths sure. yeah. of all of us. That is so much fun, John, that you said that. I was, uh, you know, frustrated by something that, uh, that came across my plate and my wife had to remind me. She said, you know, you got to remember not everybody's life is like yours because I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist, right? I kind of minimize a lot of things, get them out of the way, live in a you know, small house. so I don't have to worry about all the rooms, if you will, mm-hmm. and metaphorically and, you know, uh, in real life. And then when I get something, I can look at a piece of information and plug it into just about everywhere, right? That's because of stuff that you've learned. Because we spun so many plates, we can piece things together like Eric talked about. But when I get something and it's kind of formatted and I'm going, what is, where is this supposed to go, Mm -hmm. right? And my wife had to remind me, not everybody has that part, that other gear that is your talent, right? Now I can, I just got to usually know some context, right? It's kind of like, you know what's good about about this? You know what's good about that, Randy, is that when we notice this, when we get frustrated with our partners because they are doing something like that, that is different, but that's a strength of theirs. Sure. When we know that we're partnering with the right people. Yeah, I love that. Because if everybody was Randy, if everybody is Eric, if everybody was John, we wouldn't get crap done. Yeah, that's a lesson. And we wouldn't have the success that you have when you have a, a group, a team of, of individuals that have vastly different skill sets, experiences, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why when I talk about you know, this, this formula of a team, if mm-hmm. it is done right, you have the best of everything. I am not good at everything. And it, it's ridiculous of me. And this is what business owners try to do. And they, they hamper their own success. Um, they stunt their growth before they're able to even think about growing because they get in their, their, they get in their way. I'm a terrible marketer. And you, you've probably seen me market some stuff out there and I'm terrible at it and I know it. So I know that it's good for me to partner with somebody who is good at marketing marketing if i want to be more successful in that area yeah i know someone i know i know that if i'm building something that's tech technological based that i need to partner with someone who understands Mm -hmm. the process and the nuances better than i do sure i can i could have all the information in the world in here yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if it's not able to be produced in, you know, graphics, whether that's, uh, you know, in marketing or advertising or or in a software program or whatnot, mm-hmm. then we are we are killing ourselves. Yeah. And that's sure. why we we as business owners, that's why we, we are not more efficient. We're not as efficient as we could be. And if you look at Thomas Edison, he didn't do half the things. I mean, he right. had people fight. He had law- a team of lawyers that were fighting against uh, people who were in that same uh, 
area, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. it's you know, photography you know, or, yeah. Or, yeah. or whatnot, just fighting those patents. And, you know, he had scientists, you know, he was the oversight. He was the vision, right? But he had to have all of these specialty geniuses in these areas, mm. the best lawyers, the best scientists, except best engineers, et cetera, et cetera. And if we want to be successful, if we want companies, if we want to take them to the next level, and I'm not just talking about million dollars, $5 million, $10 million, I'm talking about billion dollars, then you need to give up control and know that, hey, there's going to be a lot of compromising in here. And control is not a bad thing because what it's going to do is it's going to it's going to take and expose some of those inherent flaws. See, when we do something by ourselves and we're the only one working on it, we're not we're not taking any criticism. We're not taking any advice or anything like that. Nobody is in. But if I have Eric sitting across from me and he's just as much vested in mosaic money that I am and I'm trying to do something that's stupid to him because he's a genius in that area and I don't know <laughs> anything about it. Yeah, sure. He's going to call me on that and it's going right. to make whatever we're doing better. Yeah. And that's where we need to be as business owners. So a long Boy, time you ago, talk about, Ooh, you hit areas that isn't that tough for thinkers and CEOs or personal. It's like the generals, right, John? And to circle back to what you're going to say here in a sec, um, it's like you've got all these generals, right? You got the Air Force, you got the you got the Navy, you've got uh, and they don't call themselves generals, but you know what I mean. They're the leader at the top, right? And they have their own approach, and they're all kind of going, "Yeah, your your organization makes no sense. What is this Space Force stuff?" Right? I mean, the Air Force just drops bombs, you know, or or, or the Navy. They you guys are taxis for the Marines or whatever it is, right? And then the Marine says, we do the real work. We're, we're not a part of them. You know, you have all of these different approaches, but we also realize that they're all doing it for the United States in this particular case, right? So that's be, that still becomes difficult. And you hear about the infighting, you hear about the, you know, um, resource grab and all the problems associated with that. So to you, Eric, how do you, when you're spinning your own plates and someone says, hey, this is a pretty good plate. And then they bring that plate into your deal and you kind of go, yeah, it is pretty good. You know what I mean? How do you yeah. keep your spinning and then now give good rotation? Guys, you got to forgive me with the metaphors, but give good <laughs> rotation to this new introduced thing. How do you yeah. do that, man? Yeah, so so man, so I had to I had to stop for a second. I, I was I was guessing I was just getting ready to jump in because I was like I kept wanting to jump in, but I was listening at the same time and I was learning so much and I was like, oh wait, generals. John's that's why you get three generals there. in the room. <laughs> but you gotta know when to listen too. Um and I think um you know with the communication piece back to what John was saying this is one thing I was gonna say and it weaves into what you said but the communication piece is just so important. So when John first reached out to me about the mosaic money thing, I was like, that's an amazing idea, but I can't do it. I don't have time. And then that wasn't the end of the conversation. We really talked for maybe like an hour 
about like what it was and what the vision was and how the company would work. And it still ended with a maybe leaning no, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I thought about it for a couple of weeks and we had scheduled a time to follow up. And then we had another hour and a half long conversation, just like really talking through it. And then it still ended with a maybe, you know, it was a maybe, right? And then we <laughs> talked about it again. And then this is where John got me, right? And I think he did like listen to what I was saying because I was like, I do have all of these other, you know, plates spinning and I, I want to do it, but I'm not sure I can put the time into it to make it what I want it to be. And he was like, you know, this is really going to be a marathon. Like, this is not a sprint type mm -hmm. of business where we're just going to launch it and, you know, try to make a million dollars in a month and then, you know, sell it. This is something that me and John really both believe is something that our community needs. And we're willing to take the time and build it out the way it needs to be. Um, so like Mosaic Money, it is a big thing. We're trying to bring all of the minority, all not even going to say minority because we're going to be the majority when it comes to wealth, but, you know, bring all the BIPOC businesses together and have one central place, right? And that's not something that people have attempted before because it's such a big undertaking, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to approach it slowly. So to answer your question is, I say a lot of no's. And I think I told this to John, like I get approached at least six times a year about like partnering on a business or co-founding something. And for like three years straight, it was always no. And John's the first person where, you know, we sat right and we had those successive conversations and eventually that turned into a yes. But I think the, the piece that I'm trying to add here is you have to know when to say no, first and foremost. Yeah. If you yeah. keep taking on more and more and more and more and more, then all of your plates are going to fall and the new plate's going to fall, right? But yeah. when I did decide to take on another plate, it was something that I really bought into and I thought me and John were going to be a good team. And then again, when we, when we started working on it, the first month I told John, I was like, I can do this, this, and this, but I can't do anything else for this month. Right. And it was a small list. It was like maybe three hours of work, but that, that was, that was what I knew I could do that month. Right. And now we're still trying to build on that. So it's really about creating boundaries, knowing when to say no, knowing what you can provide and like, like John said, like it has to be clear, honest, full communication. Yeah. So and, hey, and it, it can't be personal either. So if I have this vision and and I have this built out based on my vision, but Eric is an expert when it comes to the actual of you know putting this together in the technical standpoint, then I can't have my feelings hurt if he's going in and he's changing things. And, and, and you, did, and you did a great job with that, John, because I remember when I, because I think it was probably like, you know, our second month into it, I was trying to adjust the original site that John had made. And I was like, I was spending more time trying to like clean up the mess. John didn't develop it, someone else did. But I was spending more time trying to clean up the mess than it would have taken me to just like rebuild it. And I fully respect what John did. He got what I, I wouldn't say it was an MVP, but he got all of the information and all of the features there for like the ultimate vision, right? It had a shop, it had the resources, it had a directory, it had a landing page, right? But like, honestly, they were all like 20% functioning. They, they weren't there. So when you went to the website, you just got bombarded with all of this stuff, but it wasn't a good user experience. So what I, so what I ultimately pivoted to, right. And we did this in like three hours, you know, um, and we just built like a very simple, clean landing page that tells a story that had a little HubSpot form built into the bottom. 
and the day we launched it, we got like three people that signed up that told us exactly why they were signing up. Mm-hmm. And now we have like, I think maybe 30 people, maybe more than that, honestly, that have came, told us why they're there, given us their email address and their phone number. And now I know John wants me to like do something with that and like launch the next piece of it. But it's nice that we're still collecting yes, this information. Yes, yes. And then when we all have time to move to the next step, you know, we can pivot to the next step. Sure. We still have that information and that's the valuable part. And I, and I, and I have to know that I, I have to be comfortable enough to know that I cannot go in and start messing with the work that Eric's been doing. Because I'm going to take Keep us your hands out of this, John. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take us backwards. And this is what we have. This is the struggle that we have with partnerships and individuals who try to partner together is that I have a vision and everything and we we spin it out. But Eric's the genius on how to format that. Well, I think I know that I'm, you know, how I want it formatted, but I really don't. You know what I mean? And we, it's the pride. We get caught up in the pride oh, and, and, That's big. And, and all of those other things. And you, you said it exactly, you know, just like the military, there's the different branches and the branches come together. There's still someone who leads the charge, you know, who, who is the, the leading person of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who, who leads that. And I think it varies um, based on what you're doing. So I have to know, that in this case, where we're dealing with something that is tech-based, that I need to take a back seat. Mm. And it's just like the Navy is, I mean, just like the Marines is gonna take, are, are gonna take a back seat if this is a naval battle, right? They're gonna let the Navy do their strategic planning around it if this is taking place in the middle of sea. And so I have to be comfortable enough to say, you know what, Eric is the expert and I trust him because i i wanted to partner with him in the first place so i i have to give that to him mm-hmm. um just i and i think that has to be said before the partnership begins because or else there's going to be that struggle eric might be hesitant and say i don't know what i can do because john might be ticked off if i do this or i do that because i know that you know he had this vision for it so I have to be comfortable enough to say, hey, Eric, this is my vision, but you are the expert in this space. So I want you to feel comfortable in doing what you think is necessary to make this successful. Yeah, that part is so difficult. And, and as you're listening in, guys, and you're listening in to, to the two business guys plus one today, uh, mastermind on these things, what we're really showing you is problem-solving before the problems get there, problem solving in the communication. John knows I'll I'll hunt you down. I'll text you, right? And and sometimes the, the tones of those texts change a little bit when you think you're being ghosted, right? I said to John last week, man, are you ghosting me? I said, this is not the time to be ghosting me because I needed some answers on some specific things. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the sometimes you can be insensitive toward the fact that somebody else has got stuff going on. I had totally yes. forgotten that you had this thing planned that you had talked to me about it right and then you start getting in your feelings a bit now everybody listen in you get in your feelings and then that changes everything so once you get into your feelings about something you if you don't have like eric talked about the vision the missions and the plans Mm -hmm. for what you're doing 
your emotions can get in there and monkey it all up, right? Throw the monkey wrench into this because now you're in your feelings about something that they didn't get back to you in time. Well, you forgot they were going to a graduation or you forgot they had a funeral or you forgot that guess what? They've got a life <laughs> right? and they have other stuff going on than you. That's one of the key things. I think John, when you spoke to knowing each other's roles and we know that that doesn't always work because we, what, we have an idea. Like John started off the top of our conversation saying, hey, I've been doing some deep dives into this crypto space and let's do this. Another plate, sir. So that becomes, how do you stick it all in, right? And I think we had a guest on one other time and we talked to him about how do you get it all in? Systematizing, and that's what I spend just, I can't tell you how much time whether it is in the back with my board. You know, I'll have my board up here that says, this is what you are to do today. You sit down, Eric, you may have experienced this. You sit down to do that and a new idea comes to you or some, you know, combination of ideas and you go, you know, I can very easily finish this other project when you set out to do something else or go down your list and you go, wait a minute. And next thing you know, you're on this, this new project. Have that ever happened to you, Eric, where, and you get it done. You're like, oh, yeah. this with that, with this, like you said, pulling the pieces together allows me to bring this up. So you pull it back up and you go, this is right now. With, you finish that one and your board is still intact with nothing done. Well, yes, on the day-to-day -day, that happens a lot, right? But I've been much better about not doing it with projects, right? So like, <laughs> you know, there'll be like business ideas that'll come up and be like, oh, I could do this in like a week. And it's like, I'm, I've gotten good at like saying no to that stuff. But on the day to day, um, exactly what you were saying, it used to happen to me a lot. So I have gotten, uh, I have gotten better at it. Um, so I like, I use Monday morning to just like do my planning for the week. And I like really sit down, look at all the stuff that's in my Google calendar, make sure all the pieces are in place, make sure I know where I'm going to get the key things done. And it took me like three years of trying to do it to actually do it. And I think that's where some people would like say like, oh, I tried having a planner and it didn't work. Yeah, but you tried it for three months. You tried it from January to March and then you didn't touch it. And then you tried it from January to March again. I consistently just kept picking it back up until I got it. So now I'm at the point where I have my digital, you know, Microsoft Teams planner with all of my to-do list items in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have my daily planner and on my daily planner, I write down the things that I have to get done each day. And that's the other thing, right? Like I mentioned all of the things that I do. I write down the things that have to get done. Mm. And this is where me and John have to communicate too. Like what has to get done? Because I still need to get my sleep. I have two kids. My dogs like to be walked. I got my garden outside, <laughs> you know? So it's like, <laughs> I have stuff to, to do. Yeah, I got <laughs> stuff to do. So I, I approach it with like, I might have a hundred things on my to-do list and I'll keep track of them. But what are the things that I have to do today? And then I hold myself accountable to do that. So I can knock a few of those things out in the morning. But then before I go to bed every night, I check it. And then I'm like, man, like it might be one o'clock and I was ready to go to sleep. But like, I forgot to email this person. So guess what? Now I'm going to stay up and email that person. And since I've like built that discipline in, now I get all my stuff in earlier in the day because I know when one o'clock rolls around and I'm ready for bed, I don't want to have to stay up and type another email. That's, that's a good point. This is something that I've been noticing, guys. See if, you, if you're experiencing some of these same things. Working with entrepreneurs, I've been noticing that it's, it's their lack of success is because of three things. 
And that's in one case, finding, another case, focusing, and then that last case, finishing. So yeah. oftentimes I'll work with an entrepreneur. They don't, know, they don't know what to do. They can't find the resources. They can't find the, the time. They can't, whatever it is, right? Once they have a reasonable amount of uh, an idea of what they want to do, they can't focus on it. Right. I mean, focus on it that 10, 12 hour day till done. And then that third one is, is the finish. They did some of it. They did 10 hours. They did eight hours. And it's a three quarter done project. How many of you guys are experiencing the three quarter done syndrome? Mm. 50 I, things out there, three quarters done. I, I don't because this is this is the formula that I have. For doing anything and you know this because you message me during certain times and I don't respond or I I work off I work off of two separate computers um when I'm doing when I'm in my time is is already reserved for certain things mm -hmm. and I don't deviate from that time so whether it's Monday morning at 7 a.m I'm doing the same thing mm -hmm. Do, I'm, you know, it could be that's so that you're chunking with it. Yep. So chunk it, plan your time and don't cheat your time. Oh. So if I'm, if I say, Hey, this is what I'm doing on uh, Friday evenings or, or whatever, then I don't go back next week and, and start and change it up to something else because then I'm cheating that project or whatever. Mm, I like so, that, John. That I yeah, think will I help think, some people. And I think that if if you put it in your mind that hey, this is this is what I'm scheduled to do, put it in your schedule. And I think that it, it's much easier when you do that uh, because we don't have a hard time. We don't try to go to the dentist when we have a doctor's appointment. I mean, you you know what I mean. If I have a meeting with you, Randy, I'm not meeting with Eric. I mean, we're so if we have it planned we we can accomplish it it's an excuse yeah. that gets us from not accomplishing that's, it and that's my point john i'm telling you i'm hearing so much of that i've been making a lot of money uh, consulting with companies and consulting with entrepreneurs just helping them finish their project and listen this is a big a big deal right now because i believe it is the difference between the success and failures of of the entrepreneurs is that focus piece right is sitting with them until the project is done, right? I've created a little, a little uh, program around it called Goal Mate. I'm your goal mate. So what we are going to do today is come on and finish. That's it. And it, it, it's, it's so weird how stuff seems to get done. Those three quarter done projects get done in rapid time because you've got accountability, right? And I said, I look at us as, look, it's like your personal trainer. You'd like to get in shape. You know all the things to do. You've read all the diet plans. You know they work. But you individually won't do it. Mm -hmm. You get with a personal trainer, and next thing you know, in three weeks, you're getting better. How does that happen? Accountability and just allowing someone else to come in and speak something into you, right? Let's do one more rep. You won't tell yourself that. You'd be like, nope, that's it. <laughs> I'm done. That's three. <laughs> but then let's get two more. And then you do two more and you get better from that. So imagine 
imagine if, again, we've got this round table. This is what John and I started when we did the, uh, you know, Two Business Guys Mastermind. It was with that idea. Let's create things, mastermind on them, and then report out, right? Report out what we're doing and how it can help you if it's something that we're doing individually, how you can you look at the principles, or had you thought about this? We hope that people come on and hear something today and they go, I can do that. I can, I can follow Eric's plan. I can follow John's plan. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I did just want to hit back to John's piece about like not, you know, not negotiating with yourself, like not cheating yourself on the projects, because I just got to that point now where, you know, I'll write off my important like meetings and stuff, but I just got into where I started blocking off hours to do each of my tasks, right? And it was perfect for the first three weeks, right? Like I was like, oh, like everything was going <laughs> great, right? Wonderful. <laughs> and, and then, and then for some reason I was like, oh, well, this client project for Empathy Tech like really does need like an extra hour and I can get it done. So then I skipped my code for good office hour. And then like it all just started to like dwindle down from there now, right? So I think that there is something to be said. And I think John might've just helped me like click it back, but you know, Mm -hmm. but that system does work. And, you know, thinking about what you were just saying, like, it's amazing that we can know something works, even like dip our feet in and start doing it. And then just like out of habit or whatever else, just go back to not doing it. So right. I'm going to get back accountable to myself, John. Thank you for that. It, it will work, everyone. And this is another one that I've been noticing too. I was talking with an entrepreneur the other day and I asked her, I says, I says, you had this project, you brought it to me and you says, hey, I really like to get done with this. And I says, yep, we're going to be able to get done with it in like less than a couple of days. And you couldn't believe it, right? Because, it, oh, it has all these parts. I says, no, we're going to be able to just do the basics get it done and it's built. What you do on top of that is stuff that you also had in your head, but it's not the foundational stuff, right? So um, the next day we were gonna work together. Oh, I got stuff to do. And I says, how much of what you've got to do has anything to do with the project? Zero. Pulled in another direction. So then I says, well, let's try to do this differently. I says, when are the best, most productive times when nobody's bothering you? And they can identify those. I says, are you willing to get up at that time and get it done? No, I'm not getting up there early. (laughs) Eric, you, you knows what works knows when times are, when it, the heck, you know, the world goes to heck in a handbasket, right? And I, I told her, I said, look, for me, after 10.30, it gets weird because the day starts calling me. I got to go to the bank. I got to go make sure I, you know, I'm thinking about dinner. I got to, oh man, that other cl- load of clothes is in the washer. It, it, things like that, right? But in the morning, four, five in the morning, day's not calling you, it's dark outside. I'm telling you, you can get massive work done. People just will not get up. I'm not getting up that early. They know it would work. Imagine being done by 10 a.m. with all of your projects. John, you know this because it, when you have risen early to do whatever, whether it's working out, it works. What is the resistance, everybody? Tell me, and I want the audience to hear this. What is the resistance of doing what will work versus doing what you want to do? I think it's discipline. Um... I think it's, it's 
setting a schedule and being able to to stick with the schedule. It's funny when somebody else sets a schedule for us, and I'll give you an example. If you work for an employer, they set your schedule for you, whether that's you know when you have to be in the office, whether you leave to go home, uh, your vacation, uh, where you know my your lunch, if you get a 15 minute break, your 15 minute break times. But we can't do this to ourselves. It's like there's so we'll follow that, their schedule, but we won't follow our own. Right. Right. Incredible. We would rather we we would rather be more successful in in getting things done during work than than scheduling things for our personal health or personal growth to be successful. Whether that's a reading, you know, hey, I'm 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 taking this time and half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, a day, and I'm going to read every night um, mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is, exercise for an hour in the morning. Um, you know, we, we fail to do that. It's almost like we think, hey, you know what? I'm sticking it to the world because I'm not doing that <laughs> because I'm made to do that all day. But who am I hurting when I don't do that? That but we're going to make so that key. point. You know, we, we're, we're making a point, but we're hurting ourselves. I do think it's about the internal honesty, too. I think, I think when we have a conversation just in our head, we, get, we, we just lie to ourselves. Like back to back to back to back. It's like, it's like delusion. And what I've noticed is that we just lie when, I start say, when, it, when I say stuff out loud, I realize how stupid it is. Like, like, oh, well, I only need six hours of sleep, but I'm going to sleep nine so I can make sure my brain works better. Right. But then I sleep, but then, but then I sleep nine and then like, you know, I still don't get anything done. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I need 10 hours of sleep. Right. And it's like, you just like, if you say these things out loud, it's like, that makes no sense. Right. If you actually talk to someone about it, it makes no sense, but you'll sit in your bed in the morning and say, oh, well, if I get an extra hour of sleep, maybe I'll, maybe I'll work out later. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think there's some accountability there to like really actually like thinking some of these things through. So I remember you told me the, you, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. Accountability. And how how can we be accountable to these things? What I find is that you have to document things to be accountable, whether that's in a planner, whether that's using an app on the phone. But you say, hey, I'm I'm getting up every morning. I'm going to work out for an hour. Plug that in your phone. Look at it at the end of the week. You're not fooling yourself when you pull that up and say, oh, I thought I worked out most of the week. <laughs> and then I pull that up and like, oh, my goodness, I only did that twice this week. Or, or what you ate, you know, if you're trying to be more accountable in, in what you eat or if you're, you're reading or, or whatever it is you do. If you document it, yeah, you, you can always go back to that. And so Eric says, yes, you, you try to lie to yourself. You try to justify things or whatnot. Well, it's right there in blue or black ink or on your computer or, or your mobile phone for you to go back to and you can't lie you know you can't justify it to that that's not gonna you know that doesn't have excuses yeah hey, have, have you guys heard of atomic habits the huh? book, have you heard of there's a really good book out there that speaks to this eric is atomic habits right now oh yeah yeah i it, it was one of those moments where i dipped my toe in listened to a little bit of it right and when you kind of know yeah i know this to be true um, and he talks about, I think in there, he talks about the reward loop. So there's a degree of psychology. So you've got your, John, your approach, 
pen and paper. But then you say to yourself, you know what? What's my what's my darn reward? We go to a job, we put in do the hump. You know, we don't like the boss, but we know at the end of the week we're gonna get a check. Reward. So what motivates you? If you know, if I'm if I'm a train collector, you know, I strike I I I do I don't, but I'm so I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know, if I collect model trains and have a big train track and whatnot, and maybe I have wanted this piece, but it's kind of expensive and I know it's a little bit of a splurge or whatnot. But if I tie that to something tangible, so whether that's, hey, you know what? I'm going to give myself the next six months to finish this book. I'm going to set an hour every night or whatever to to work on this. Um, By the end, when I complete this, I'm going to, you know, buy myself that train. If I don't complete it, I don't get it. That's reward loop, right? Right, right, right. And so so you're only... You're only I, say, I can't do that. I can't trick myself like that, John. Like I, I tried it and I can't do it because so I'm mind not knows better here. my debit card. But what but what works what works for me, John, is actually like spending time with my kids, right? So you know, I have an eleven year old and a six year old. And like what has worked best for me is I tell them we will play at five o'clock. Mm. And like that helps me during the day because they will call me out of my shit. They'll be like, oh, well, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do that? Right. And I'm not going to lie to my kids and be like, well, yeah, I was actually just scrolling through YouTube. That's why I didn't get my work done. And now, <laughs> now I have to stress out about work and then maybe we can play later. And it's like, I don't know, just that, like for me, the tangible thing wasn't doing it for me. Right. And I think, you know, to your point, John, like it will work. You just have to find like, what's your why, what's important to you. But seriously, though, like telling my kids, like, you know, we're going to go to the park at six o'clock. I know that I have to get my work done by then, or I'm not going to be able to fulfill that or Mm. my work is not going to get done. So So, so try this, Eric. So try this as well. So next time, let's say you have a big project. Well, I'm going to get, this is 50% or 75% of completion of that project. It's going to take me this many months. When I do that, I'm going to take my kids on the train ride to Chicago and we're going to go to the zoo and then telling your, your children that. So you have three months, you better delegate your time accordingly because they're really going to be ticked off at you. If, if you miss that deadline. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's what, what carrot is in front of you. Um, yeah. and, and punishment, John, would you say also what, can you give yourself a punishment? Hey, what's the repercussions if I don't complete my promise to self? Hey, hey, it's beautiful. It's going to be seventy-five degrees this weekend on Saturday. If I don't, if I don't finish it by Friday evening, then I have to spend all day Saturday in the in my dungeon office uh, while I want to be outside in the sun playing basketball with my kids. I mean, yeah. those types of things. You just have to figure out what the carrot and the stick are. For that's, you, yeah, that's so, good so for me, I have to go way deeper than that. So, like I said, my brain, like, it won't let me trick myself. Like, my brain is like, uh, you know, you can go outside, just <laughs> turn the computer off. So, like, for me, it's like, it's it, it, my punishment is a little deeper than that, right? My punishment is like so meta. It's like knowing that my daughter is like watching me make and break promises, and she's gonna internalize that behavior, and she's gonna grow up and be someone that's disappointed in her father. And it doesn't get anything done in her life. So right? yours are emotion based. Like I need, I need all of that to be like, wow. I can, I need to be a better example for her. 
<laughs> you, you know I have a kids planner, right? You know I have a kids yeah, and I saw it. planner. So we can get you one of those kids and adult planners. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're doing this, while you're working on this, you're actually teaching, you know, your children as well. You know, how do I? Oh, that's good. There's going to be a time. There's, you know, if I don't want my homework done, I'm not going to be able to play for an hour. Or I or saw whatever. it. John. Go ahead. Sorry. I saw it, but I didn't buy it. I think I need to actually get it now. That'll so, be fun. So, but to <laughs> that point, to that, I love that. Imagine if you did that together, John. You know, we got the, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sarah, like I need boss. my charger plan like a boss, you know, a uh, planner and stuff like that. Sorry. And if you built, if you built them out together, so get this, that's so much fun. You now have family time together, building out your planner, you're teaching the lesson, right? And then you're looking at it and says, it's now on paper. We have said to each other, I mean, how many, see one of those things, again, we know what will work. Eric says, emotion-based things work on me, not things that go and trick my brain, right? For me, I say I got to, you know, rapidly produce something to the end, and that's what does it for me. And then I say, well, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's my payday. If I'm launching something every Friday, that's like my payday, right? And I can remember the most, when I was able to put out 20 different digital products. That's what I did. And then I went away from it for whatever reason, right? I went away from it. And then that pace slowed, but it worked every week launch. That's seven days. And then, so I thought I was a little weird. And then I come across Alex Murr, right? Who ended up, he was doing that same thing, launching every week. He and his team launching every week until they found the product that ended up giving them a $300 million payday. They launched a, a um, app a week, right? So you're going, oh, that, it's, so you're not weird. You were just early. You had nobody to validate it. And you were, you know, Eric, you may have come across this, John, you too. It's like, what am I doing here? People are looking at this like, this is, who is this? What is NFTs, man? I mean, we, what is that blockchain? And you're going, yeah, you're right. You know, maybe I should not, not put time into it. Just imagine if we had. Right. Instead of a toe, we put in a whole foot. We would, you know, sitting there with hundred grand instead of, you know, maybe five or ten. And Eric, right. you said it doesn't work for you, but I would, I would disagree. This is something that we've been doing our entire lives. You wouldn't be a college graduate if you didn't do this, because what you're doing is you're, you're following that carrot of that degree, that piece of paper at the end of the trail. So you wouldn't have cared about that if it was just an emotional, if there wasn't a carrot out in front of you, are you, you know, am I just going to go to school forever and pay thousands of thousands of dollars, but there's something out there motivating you to do it. You just have to make up your mind on wow. what that is. And you can make that carrot anything that you want. And I think that's, that's where we get, that's where we get tripped up. Because we think that, it, you know, a carrot could only be this associated with this. And no, no, that's not true. You make that carrot whatever it is that motivates you personally. That's good stuff. And yeah. And, to, and, and tie it to something that means something for you. Yeah. So the carrot method absolutely works. And I think Randy said it perfectly right for me. Like the tangibles don't work for 
for me. It has to be like the emotional things that would work for me. But to your point, everybody does have that carrot and it's in your best interest to find what it is for you. So you guys, you're hearing it now. Now we got three business guys masterminding and you're getting this for the price of of one. Come on now, this is good stuff. Listen to the entrepreneurs and the struggles, right? Whether you're just starting with your business, whether you are, uh, you know, already midway there, super successful, got teams. It seems that most entrepreneurs still suffer from the same thing. They'd like to get more done, but new shiny things happen. They put in too many plates spinning, not concentrating on any. And as Eric talked about, then if they all fall, then you feel like a failure, right? But it may not be that hard to fix. We got to find the system that helps the plate stay spinning or just spin less. Right now, you started them, perhaps with John's approach. Then you get some other co-founders. You get some other people on the team to keep them spinning, right? Or I like the uh, right now. I've been using a lot of tech and I've been using a lot of systems to get in there. So now I'm always asking myself, what can help me get this done better, faster, right? Whether some kind of tech, some kind of software, what can help me get it done faster? Right. And then what is going to be the fastest path to revenue? So, Eric, there's something I wanted to ask you and swing back around um, to how you were starting last minute cafe. I yeah. thought this was so interesting. Some, John, I wanted to share this with you is we've talked about this on the show. It's like, hey, do you really have to have a building? Do you really have to have all of this stuff that you think you have to start your thing? And Eric comes in and says, you know what? We're going to have a little pop-up deal. We're going to sell some part. And I said, you got a building? No, no, we're working on that. How cool is that, right? But you get revenue in. You start testing the model. You can send them to a landing page. Eric, could you follow up on what you just had yesterday? Yeah. Right? And your thinking behind it. Yeah, so before the pop-up, I mean, even it's just launching the website. And this is why, like, I love technology so much if you use it the right way. So we built a very simple website on Square. You can use Square. You can use um, Shopify. You can use whatever you want. Like, keep it simple. That's my whole thing. Like, what do you actually need? Um, So we built this landing page. We put our two products up there. We designed the labels and the bags and everything. And we listed it as a pre-sale and that it was shipped on this date. So before we even had anything like ready in our hands, people were already coming in, buying into the brand, buying into the product, right, getting right. a little cash flowing into the business, which is great. Now, what we did after that was we actually got the physical product. It's a uh, coffee. It's called Last Mile Cafe. Um, we had already knew who our supplier was when we launched the pre-sale. So that part is important. Like we knew where the product was coming from. We just didn't cut the check to pay for it yet. So now, you know, we have some pre-sales coming in, we get the physical product in, we bag it. And then this is what John, this is what Randy's saying is then we went to a pop-up event. It's called Made By Me Market, right? So if anybody wants to do Made By Me Market, it's madebymemarket.com. If Eric likes your product, he'll take it. Different Eric. Um, You don't have to pay anything. He gets a little cut. It's great. But what happened is I didn't have to get a physical place. I went there, Eric, the other Eric, brought his community in and they actually bought all of our product. So when mm-hmm. I bumped into Randy, I was able now to sell out of my product, which is additional product. So I still have all my pre-sales that are gonna ship later this month. And we sold out of all of our like test product in one day 
without me ever spending any money on retail, without overextending myself on inventory, without doing any of that craziness, just like really launching a simple website and linking in with the community. So now, you know, right, right when you ran into me, Randy, I was literally putting my order in for more coffee. So now when this next coffee comes in, we have enough to fulfill all of our pre-orders and do more events like the one you just saw me at. So John, that speaks to what we've talked about before is we're doing business the wrong way, right? And we even suffer from it, you know, starting stuff out, building months in all this stuff and haven't even validated whether or not anybody even wants it versus, you know, we, I heard in what you just said, Eric, traffic source. Well, somebody else brings a traffic source in because guess what? They're incentivized to do so because they're in essence an affiliate. They're going to get a piece of that. So it be, it, it uh, is important that they bring people in. And if they've got an audience, great. It makes it easier for you. You just have to be the brain behind the idea. And then you say, well, wait a minute, we're not going to let the ideal do. We don't have a building. We, we're not even, you know, making the coffee yet. We're going to come in and do this this way. I talked to Eric a little bit about the ghost kitchen approach. Well, that's the same concept. You as a chef, why go get a food truck that's going to cost you all these thousands before you can even start? When we got the ghost kitchen approach, you create it. You have DoorDash or somebody send it out to people as a test. People say, oh, I really like that. They order again. You're bringing revenue in. And if you really want to you know, rewind that approach, well, hey, I don't even have the product yet. Let's see if I can pre-sell the idea. Are you kidding me right now? That becomes what is possible, everyone. There's nothing really to stop you from doing business, but what goes on between your, in your, between your ears that suggests you have to do it in this linear fashion. Not anymore. And especially now, people are so receptive to getting things online. Whereas before, maybe 50%, 30%, of society was. Everybody now is going, well, this might be the new way because of COVID-19 that we have to go, right? You can create it, validate it, pre-sell it, do the next phase of it. And then you've, if you've got a whole bunch of people, you built up a nice community, then they're there to support you. And that traffic could have came from someone else. John, we did it with the newsletter. Hey, let's go ahead and put out a um, a soft launch, see how it goes, see the reception, right? See how we move together. And then a couple of months later, then we put out the one that has all the revenue models, LinkedIn and all of that cool stuff. But let's just see if we can first finish it. If we can get out of our own way, as you say, John, get out of our own way and stop fighting on, cause John and I were going back and forth. What are you doing? Stop, get out of there. You know, stop messing with this. And then I'll look at something else and go, that was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big tech nerd. So I want to, so I want to throw this out there. Um, go ahead. Cause you mentioned DoorDash and the ghost in the ghost kitchen. It was either, it was either DoorDash or Grubhub. I can't remember, but um, the guy who started it was a kid in college at Stanford and they just built the landing page. Right. So now you're talking about this company that we're all using, but literally he built the landing page in his website, no backend code or nothing. Literally just the landing page that said food delivery service. This is what it does. And then they got thousands of orders the next day. And he was like, cool, we got a business. And now like it's built into the backbone of our society. So I don't think me talking about doing a pre-sale is like a new idea, right? Exactly. Like some of these billion dollar companies have been doing it 
for years now. It didn't we can go back to who who was the guy the Barnum Barnum Ring I can't think of it Ring Barnum and Bailey yeah. Barnum and Bailey right you go out into the community and you say hey come see the so and so right and you may not even have sourced it <laughs> pre get your pre tickets here and then you, now you got to go find or or fix somebody up to look like you know the Wolf Woman or something right it's it's so um, you know strange to me how Things are stopping people. And that's one of the three F's that I talked about. Finding, finding that right thing to do and that right way to do it, right? And then focusing on it, Eric, like you talked about, all the way to the end. All right, this phase done. How did it go? Oh, it was pretty good. I'm doing some pre-sales. I got a couple bucks in the bank. Well, let's do another phase. Without this bigger approach where you got all of this money involved, right? And you got buildings and all that kind of stuff and leases. Don't need all that. You need the idea. You need to finish the first part of it, launch, validate the idea. How many people bought? Oh, enough to say, let's bring that back in. Let's fix it up, pretty it up, put some lipstick on it, right? And then put it back out. It is so, it's so interesting, guys, how all these things can come together. But if we're not held accountable, to our time, not stealing from ourselves. If we're not held accountable to our egos, right? Which gets us all messed up. If we're not held accountable because of these things, we won't be successful. And I think just what we did here, Eric, I said yesterday, I said, hey, listen, I want you on the show. Now we have a typical format, but when we have an opportunity to bring somebody in that can speak into our audience, we're gonna do that. And we certainly appreciate what you've been able to, we could talk forever, guys. We could get into big, you know, clout. We can get into empathy tech, last mile cafe, how it's an offshoot of equity cafe, you know, code for Eric, good. Really quick we though, before we, we go, Eric, what could you give us that web address again? So our, our listenership will have that because I tried to go to made by me and I'm getting a whole bunch of other things. Uh, yeah, it's, I can pull it up. It's uh made by me market.com. I can, I'll make sure you two get oh, it. Oh, made by me um, market. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's made by me market. Let me pull it up on my laptop. I thought you were asking for last mile dot cafe so they could go pre-order their coffee, John. <laughs> I thought you said that that's where it was being sold at. Oh, so we did. So what Randy was talking about is we did a physical event yesterday. So I was at someone else's pop-up event. And uh, we just sold our coffee there. And that was where we sold out at. But so our they provided coffee, the place, right, Eric? So they yes. were the traffic source. So our uh, website is lastmile.cafe. And that's where you can actually pre-order the coffee and it'll come direct from us. Um, but I'll still share this resource. Cafe? Yes, lastmile.cafe. And see, if, if I'm looking at that because uh, I call myself Mr. Uh, Monetizer, right? the monetize your life guy, I would look at that thing, man, and say, oh, wow, you know what? Could you also have on that website, uh, coffee makers that you are an affiliate for? Absolutely. Could you also have techniques to brew? Yes, you could. All these cool things that you could have on there, right? That bolsters long past the product that you have. Yes. Right, it's ancillary products that don't cost you anything in inventory. So everybody, listen to what, what we're saying here. This you get gold sometimes at the end, right? Because we thought about it and says, "Oh, what if we did this?" 
And now you have four to five other link outs that you could, people after they buy the coffee, then they go, oh, I want that coffee maker. Oh, and I want this. And all because it's been introduced to, to them by you. Or do a video, right? How simple would that be? Do a nice, that's one thing I wanted to mention, Eric, about the sites that I looked at. I'd like to see some video component on there, right? Explainer yeah. video, somebody on there just saying, who, wow, hey, listen, this is who we are. This is what we can do for you. And this is why you want to do a hangout with us right now and jump on this thing, right? Whether I love you this. doing it or an explainer video. I, I love this. There's a, if you go to the website, you can select where you want money uh, donated to. Donated, that, yeah. Correct? Eric, Eric yeah. youth at risk, criminal justice reform, environmental or clean drinking water. I noticed that too, John. Uh, and I thought uh, I thought about ineffable thoughts and mm -hmm. your approach. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, these two have been talking together because they're always a give <laughs> yeah. back component. Yeah, right? John's definitely an inspiration there. That's a wonderful thing, everybody. You hear what he just said. When you get together, hold each other accountable. Also what happens ideas germinate and this is what when john and i started the two business guys mastermind it was to help us think through things and then report out again yes yeah, right? so bringing a third person in we're going to be thinking about all kinds of cool stuff but we want you to listen use the principles that we've laid out be inspired by what we talked about today be inspired to act to finish and to launch right three f's find it Focus on it and then finish it. And let's just put an L in there, launch it. All right, hey everybody. I appreciate you guys coming on, John, you know, as always. Eric, thank you for coming in, man, and talking with our audience about what you've got going on and how you're making it happen. I think some people are gonna have some value. Are there some last things that we wanna say before we close up? Hey, I'm ordering my coffee right now. So I'm putting the challenge up. For everybody, go to lastmile.cafe and place an order for uh, Eric's coffee today. Select your favorite um, charity, whatever the from the list that's on the the right hand side of the screen, and uh, make your order today. Yeah, thank there you, John. I appreciate Support it. The good idea, and here's something even even more fun, everyone. What ideas do you have that you see could be of support to? or run alongside of what Eric has created. That becomes the build out of the ecosystem. You don't just have to be the consumer. How can you maybe you know, work alongside of what Eric is doing? Maybe there's something that you know, a tech that you've seen, he's a tech guy, an idea, engage with the brand. Don't just consume it, be a part of it. Pull your idea together and maybe something could be created from that. I see some value in that, everybody. All right, everybody, you guys, we're going to see you next week. We've got some exciting things that we're going to be doing. John and I are going to be finishing up on the newsletter. You'll be getting some more information on that. Check out our YouTube channel. We're rocking and rolling over there and just having a great old time. And we think the stuff that we've talked about will help you a lot. Thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week.